We are responsible for our faith, our family, our health, our wealth, our career, our calling, and then the seventh one I kind of throw in there, personal interests and hobbies. And you got to have a, you have to have a intentional plan for what each of these areas of your life looks like. You got to have a, I, you have to have a plan on how each of these areas of your life is going to look like. And then once you have a vision for what that looks like, you can kind of reverse engineer in terms of what that is. But the key to that is you got to know who you are so that you can have full integrity so that you're not one person in your faith and you're another person with your family. So that you're not one person in your career, but you're showing up different in your calling and your purpose. No, you got to be so solid and authentic that it, it is literally consistent throughout every that that the same person who sees you in your career sees you showing up in the same way with your kids. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the HeFluence podcast. It's, it's a bright, sunny day here in Florida, and it's actually Thanksgiving Eve, right? And it's funny, for the last 25 minutes, my guest, Dr. Brad, and I have been sitting here talking and just getting to know each other a little bit. And I believe we had a divine appointment today that uh, we, don't always, we don't always understand what God's up to. But, um, you know, one of the things that I've realized this year for me in 2020 today, one of my, uh, my friends, J.C. Garrig, who I've had on this podcast, who's just one of the most incredible humans on earth, uh, I, I told him, I said, you know what I've learned this year is that I got to do my part and then I got to, I, I got, I can't want things for people they don't want for themselves. And I need to do my part and leave the rest up to God. And God gave me a vision of, of this year of pumping the brakes on his permissible will and putting the gas pedal down on his perfect will. And I kind of feel like that I'm connected with a like-minded guy today. And I believe that as you, you speak and talk, um, and as you guys get to hear Dr. Brad speak, I believe that you'll I believe it's a kingdom divine connection for you guys and for myself. I believe that, you know, the relationship that we'll have later will impact many, many, many lives together. And uh, so I, I'm going to, uh, for those of you that listen, um, I hope that you guys will understand that I don't, I do a little bit of a, an introduction and I usually ask the, the, the guest to give me that, but then I'm going to have Dr. Brad tell his story. And I was, as I was telling him before, um, I, I, I kind of had a script and God kind of rebuked me a little bit and said, well, uh, I never told you to have a script. Why don't you just let me lead and guide you so that we can impact more people? And I think when you do that, um, you have a massive impact. And, and it's really funny. I, I just talked to a young boy who watched this podcast back when we first started it and uh, got radically saved, pulled over on the side of the road, called me and said, hey, I want to get to know you. I want to know the God that you know. Uh, very similar story in my family. And I believe that that's what, you know, a lot of people, they have podcasts and like, like Dr. Brad asked me, you know, what's your purpose? What's your vision? What do you, what do you want to do? And, and I want this to reach people. If it just reaches one person that gets to walk in God's perfect will for their life, then, then I am super, super happy about that. And so, um, and, and I know that our hearts are in the right place. And so as you 
as you get to know and hear from, from Dr. Brad, I believe that you'll see those same qualities and those same values. And so uh, Dr. Brad is, I love this because he's a faith-based performance coach. He helps men. We talked about that. You know, he influenced being, everybody thought he influenced was originally for men, which it was. Uh, and then we did, my wife was like, well, what about the women, you know? And so we hired a couple women and my wife. And so I, I like it because he says, by establishing peak performance habits in both their personal and professional lives. Um, and, and through his you know, best-selling book, online show, um, he equips high-achieving men, right, with strategies. And I know we're probably going to get into this because I wrote myself a note to at least ask him about this. The three steps that he uses to, to help men game plan um, is prioritize your faith, optimize your performance and productivity, and clarify your purpose, which is what he asked me right before we got on here. I feel like he was prepping me kind of with those three questions before we got on here. And, <laughs> and, and I, as he was saying it, I was like, wow, he's doing exactly what's in his bio, you know. And Dr. Brad is, is a double board certified in sports medicine. And, and, and I love that because I told him that a couple of my good friends are, are sports medicine. He's also a regenerative medicine specialist. Uh, he's worked with multiple professional teams, including, you know, assistant team doctor for the Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks, who I think are going to be one of the most up and coming NBA teams coming up with, uh, with Luca, you know, uh, um, I'm a big LeBron James fan. For those of you that know, I'm, I, I've noticed that the Lakers have went out and surrounded him with a lot of new people for the next couple seasons to kind of make things even better. And so, um, I just want to welcome to the Heatfluence podcast, my new friend, Dr. Brad. So Dr. Brad, it's good to have you, brother. Michael, man, phenomenal uh, introduction, dude. I'm excited to be here. Uh, listen, I, I, I believe everything you mentioned, dude. I, nothing happens by chance. Uh, you talk about divine appointments. Uh, what was this? As recent as just a couple days ago. A couple days ago, yeah. Out. Um, it seemed right. We talked before we got on the show. There was a connection. So, uh, listen, I'm excited to be here. More importantly, I'm excited to serve those who are watching or listening and uh, to serve you, my man. So let's jump right in. Awesome. So I, I said to Brad that I really like people to, to tell their story. So I, yep. I, I um, at nighttime, when we do these, my wife and I sit back and listen to the recordings, okay, because um, she, I told, I told Dr. Brad this. I live with a woman that I think knows what I'm going to do before I do it. She's a very prophetic Proverbs 31 woman. That can be kind of scary. Bro. It is kind of scary, brother. That can be kind of scary. No, it is. Kind, well, it's why I'm very transparent. Like I have all these, <laughs> you know, these always things. I'm always saying, hey, honey, I'm going golfing, you know, before she's, she's like, I already knew that. What you talking yeah, about? Yeah. She's all like, well, I knew you were going to go golfing today. I looked at your schedule. And so, and so I knew I'm, you were going to tell me that you were going to go golfing. Yeah. That, that's another thing with her too. So, uh, and, and it's funny you brought that up because a lot of people don't know our story, Brad. When we were apart, uh, a good lead-in for what you just said, good Holy Spirit lead-in. Uh, when we were, Lisa and I were apart for a couple of years um, and I was, I, was, I, I was actually in Houston, Texas, living with a friend of mine in spiritual warfare, massive spiritual warfare. A uh, pastor friend of mine called me and said, hey, you know, uh, you're not lying to anybody. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm lying to everybody. What are you kidding me? I'm, I'm a hypocrite. He's like, no, everybody's a hypocrite. He said, you're believing the lies that the devil is telling you is the truth. Mm. And I was like, oh. And if you've ever been in spiritual warfare or you, maybe you haven't or maybe you haven't you just didn't realize it, it's real. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's real. We don't, the Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood, 
the principalities and rulers of darkness. And I literally went into the room. He said, so go into the room and pack your clothes and come home. And, and this leads into what you just said. So I literally went in the room, packed my clothes, and I called my wife and I said, I'm coming home. And she said, I know. She mm. said, the Lord told me you were coming home. So I purchased you a ticket. You, 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 you coming home today? And she said, yes. She goes, you have less than 48 hours to pack your clothes. I bought you a $700 ticket to go to this deliverance conference. It locked up in a house with nine other men for three days. You go from Thursday. This was a Tuesday. You go from Thursday and you come home on Sunday and then we'll talk. And I was wow. like, really? And she said, yes, really. And so literally I came home, didn't talk to her. She was living on her own. I was like, packed my clothes. I went in there. I left there with freedom and clarity. Uh, and my wife now have, and I have the best open relationship marriage uh, based with Jesus at the center of anything. So it's funny that you, you brought that up. So nice, what, dude. I believe yeah. every part that you said about that, man. So, so if yeah, she's watching right now, which she's watching, cause she's going to be watching later. Hello. Yeah. I mean, she's probably, she probably knows what I'm going to say, or is it more, you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she knows I'm, now I'm kind of just thinking about what I'm going to say. Like, no, it's like, good. So why don't you do that? Why don't you share, <laughs> why don't you share your story? Uh, so people can get to know you a little bit better. And yeah. I'm excited. I, I used to take notes when I, when people would talk and now I just listen and I take notes later. So I've learned yeah. a little bit with that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Dr. Brad and, you know, so people can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, man. So uh, you mentioned uh, my hometown, which is Houston, Texas, uh, grew up there. And, uh, you know, man, we didn't have doctors or lawyers in my family, man. I mean, you know, <clears throat> if you know the public transportation system in Houston, it's called Metro. So my dad was a bus driver for Metro. My mom was a bank teller and aspiring entrepreneur. But because of their relationship, that didn't work. But man, you know, I, I had two older brothers who were fantastic. My oldest brother had great influence on my life because he was 12 years older than me. He was kind of like a second father to me, man. I mean, he would pour into me all the time. Um, you know, my, you know, you know, God bless my parents, man. I mean, they did what they could, but they never really spoke life into us. We were raised Catholic. We'll kind of get to that here in a little bit, but um, you know, my brother was a massive influence for me. And so I was a pretty good athlete coming up. Unfortunately, I was injury prone, so never turned anything on the basketball court. But I had this vivid vision of being in the NBA. And I'm talking about crystal clear, Mike. Like, I mean, this thing was crystal clear for me. And I remember when I realized I wasn't going to get to the NBA, it was, it was kind of disappointing. But went to college, I was for sure I was going to fail because I just didn't see myself as being that smart. And God surrounded me around people who believed in me much more than I ever believed in myself. And that was just, it was one of those things that I didn't realize what was happening, but I was borrowing belief that people saw in me. I mean, there were people who, I mean, when I look back, we didn't have anything really in common, but for some reason they saw something. Uh, that turned into me uh, doing extremely well, doing better in college academically than I did in uh, in high school, uh, did a lot of extracurricular stuff for the school, ended up speaking to, um, you know, speaking to a group of, you know, 500 students at a time. I mean, like just crazy stuff was happening that I never was, man. Dude, I was that introvert, the guy that no, I was just like, look, I just want to play basketball. Don't bother me. You know? So I completely kind of turned into this person who, 
started getting a little bit more belief. You know, my brother and I um, worked at the same hospital. He was a nurse. I was a tech. We decided to start going, you know, to apply to medical school around the same time. And again, I had men at that time who believed in me more than I ever did. I didn't think I could be a, a doctor, dude. Like what? So long story short, uh, became a, uh, applied to medical school, got into one of the top medical schools in the country, um, and became a physician. Fast forward even more. My first job out of fellowship, I became an, first of all, I became an ER doctor. Then I did a sports medicine fellowship. So I was double boarded as an emergency doctor and a, and a, and a sports medicine doc. My first, one of the first jobs I had was as the assistant team physicians for, as the assistant team physician for the Dallas Mavericks. Well, here's, this is, I guess now what, um, almost, almost 15 years later, from the time that I had those dreams of being in the NBA. And I can remember being in the locker room, you know, with the Dallas Mavericks, pounding up guys like Dirk and Vince Carter, guys who, you know, I admired and, you know, kind of looked up to. And that dream had come true in a way that I never would have thought possible. Right. And it was just one of those aha moments, like, wow, like, um, you know, dreams do come true. They may not happen how you think they will, but they do. Now, that's my sports practice. And if you fast forward just a little bit further after that, man, I kind of started drinking my own Kool-Aid, Mike. Like I was like, look, man, I've kind of made it to the top. I've become a sports medicine doctor. I had a home-based business at the time and it became all about the chase. It became all about the chase for status, for money, for uh, just being the man. You know what I mean? Like uh, all these things, all these ways that I saw of defining success is what I was going after. And so what ended up happening was I had become the most successful by what most people define success with the toys, the cars, the, the, the trips and all of that. I became very outwardly successful, but I was secretly stuck. And I was in this place where I was like, how did I spend all of this time, money, energy, getting to the pinnacle of my career, which I have been aspiring for for years, only to get there and to be like, how am I this unfulfilled? And I couldn't figure it out. But here's what I did know is I was making horrible decisions in multiple areas of my life. And I was not showing up as I should have been. I was not showing up as a Christian, wasn't showing up as a father, husband, business owner, doctor. See, what I would do is, is I would compare myself <clears throat> to the best of other people that happened to what I would consider to be maybe kind of less than me and justify the fact that I was doing better than them, even though when I looked in the mirror, I knew I wouldn't be in my best self. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, and that would make me feel better, that I was better than most, that I was doing better than most. But I knew when I looked in the mirror, man, that the best me as a doctor, the best me as a business owner, the best Christian, the best father, the best husband, dude, that person was embarrassed to look in the mirror. I was embarrassed to spend time by myself to just come to the conclusion that, man, you're just not who you thought you would be. You're not who you aspire to be. It just got to this point to me, man, this incongruence between, um, you know, really winning in one area of life, but 
you know, being a public success, but a private failure, being this, uh, you know, one person in front of everybody and someone else behind closed doors, the incongruence was killing me, man. I mean, you know, my health, I wasn't nearly as healthy as I could have been the whole nine. So it just got to this point, man, where I broke down on my knees and I can remember this vividly in my bedroom, just asking God, like, it's got to be better than this. This is not what I signed up for. And uh, there started the journey, man. You know, um, soon after that, you know, my wife and I got plugged into a church from um, um, somebody that uh, was a was a client of ours in the in the business that we were running. And I I got a front row seat to men who what I like to define as elite men now, men who were performing at a high level in multiple areas of life. I mean, they were successful, but they were just authentic brothers. And when I say brothers, I'm not just talking about black folk. I'm talking about just men, right? Who were just authentic, man. I mean, these dudes were, uh, they were genuine. Um, they weren't trying to put on, but I could tell that they cared about my well-being. Uh, but they had happy wives, they had happy lives, they had, they, they were successful in their business. And I was, I was trying to ask my, I was trying to figure out how did I go this long? I'm about 35 years old and I'm just experiencing this type of man. Like I'm just really seeing this type of person exist. I'm like, how did I go this long? And I remembered I said, dude, that's the person, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be successful and fulfilled. That for the longest, I had this idea that success came at the cost of fulfillment. Like success had to come at a specific cost. It's either had to come at the cost of my marriage, at the cost of my faith, at the cost of my, 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 my time, compromising core beliefs. It had to come at a cost. Instead of thinking I had to have success or I started realizing I could have success and but I had things out of order. My priorities were out of order. Um, and there started the work, man. And for me, you know, it took talking to other men. It took, you know, getting the mess out. It took realizing and saying, listen, I have a problem. Not only do I have a problem, because it's probably people who are listening or watching right now thinking like, okay, listen, I get it. I mean, I'm not where I want to be either. However, the next step for me, which is probably one of the hardest steps for men, is to then admit that you need help and to receive that help. Amen. However that looks, however Amen. that looks, whether that's mental health, whether that's just having coaching, I don't want to say just because all of it's important. But for me, it was just the ability to be able to sit down and then realize like, I'm not the only one who's here, who's, who's at this place where I'm, I'm very successful, but I realize there's something more there's the, in that I'm not showing up the way I should. Like, I'm not the only person. See, the problem is for a lot of high achieving guys like you and myself, a lot of people feel like we just got it figured out. So people are like, oh, they, they're good. Like, they're good, man. Look, they got no, the house. Sorry. They got the car. They got the stuff we're going after anyway. And if anything, we're some of the worst because we will justify uh, our lack of fulfillment in the things that we have and the things that we've acquired or achieved. And so um, I started realizing, man, I was like, yeah, I mean, I got I to gotta say something. I got to start saying, yes, not only am I broken or not only am I not where I want to be, but, but I need to like reach out to someone because I can't do this 
obviously I can't do it on my own. No way. And man, that was when I started having coaches and in between the coaching and great men and consistency, consistency and having, you know, a bunch of spiritual discipline, man. I mean, my life completely and radically changed. That turned into developing a coaching company where I helped, you know, high achieving men do what you said, you know, succeed at a high level in multiple areas of life so that they can have success and be fulfilled by implementing peak performance habits in both their professional and, and personal lives in the book and hold on. I hope I didn't talk your ears. No, no, no. I, I, I'm glad you did that because that, that, that lets me know. It's really funny because we talk about this. My wife and I talk about this a lot, Brad, is that it's funny how when we pray, continue to pray people in to be on the show, uh, whether, it, you know, I said this in the beginning, whether it becomes super successful or it just reaches one or two people, I'm completely good. I mean, obviously we want to reach more people and we have a plan to do that. Yeah. And, 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 and I just want to say thank you for your transparency because a lot of times I don't, you know, my grandmother said, because I used to ask her about scripture all the time and she said, you know, she said, you know, one of the hardest things for men is ego, right? And pride and, and stuff like that. And she said, so one day she said, do you understand the scripture, uh, 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 a double-minded person is wicked in their ways. And I was like, uh, I think I do. But she's like, think about this. She said, you'll see this as you go through your life. And my, my, my grandmother died way too young. We were just, uh, we're at Thanksgiving and my grandmother died, um, uh, 28 years ago, 29 years ago on Thanksgiving. And I remember, I remember where I was sitting. She was my best friend, a hospital in Ohio killed her. They gave her a staph infection. She went in there for new knees. I was the last person to talk to her, which is fitting because we were, we were best friends. Um, and, um, you know, I, I would probably say, Brad, one thing I'm, I'm <laughs> nothing against anybody else in my life, my wife or anybody else, but one person I'm looking forward to seeing when I get to heaven is my grandmother, because she was just such an inspiration. Um, and, and she said, you're going to see this in your life. You're, you, I said, she said, you're going to even experience it yourself where you're double, you know, you're living a double standard. And obviously I was in spiritual warfare. I didn't know it. I think a lot of times as men, the pressure of leading and guiding our families and, and being the person that God's called us to be from a biblical standpoint. And, and, you know, my wife pushed me and pushed me to be the spiritual head and the leader of my family for years. And I failed. But now, as I said to you before we got on, like, you know, we're in, the, we're in the midst of, I don't really want to say it's a pandemic because I don't believe that. I don't believe it's a pandemic. I believe that we're in the midst of, of trials and tribulations. Like the Bible says, we'll have trials and tribulations, right? Um, but I, I know that, that during this, I've had one of the best years of my life, right? Where previous years, I did not have good years of my life, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, so, so thank you for, thank you for your transparency and your honesty. And, and just sharing from your heart, because that, that was funny. And then I was, I was just sharing with, with Brad earlier, you know, a couple of my friends started a massive church and they, they did call it Lifestyle Christianity. It's right there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, my friend Todd White and Theo Kulianis. But it's really cool that you're there and, and that'll give me more of a reason to, to go. Uh, so I've been flying a lot during this time. So tell me a little bit about what you, we talked about earlier, about these three principles or three steps that you teach it's kind of like a game plan for yeah. men the prioritizing your face optimizing performance and productivity and clarifying your purpose can you share a little bit about that and what that looks like yeah i want to share about that but i want to talk i want to touch on something that you mentioned uh just a second ago about um we, we you know we feel so much pressure to uh you know to lead and to be these types of men here's the problem man is that for so long since we've been young we have been defined by our performance. 
Okay. So, so what's happened is if you hit a home run, man, that's like, that's good. Right. And we receive praise for our performance. So now here's what happens is now we identify ourselves with our performance or lack thereof. Our identity is tied to, our identity has been tied to the wins and or the losses. So now we will see ourselves and our value based on whether we're winning in a certain area or all areas of life. And so now who we are is now, and our intrinsic title is, did I lead well today? And if we didn't, it's like, well, then I'm not good. Right. Yeah, I, I grew did. up with that, Brad. Brad, I grew up with that. I grew. I would score twenty-seven points in a basketball game, and I'd go eight for ten from the field. And what do you think my dad would point out? The two field goals that I missed. That's right. Right. So I. That's yeah. Right. So 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 when life becomes performance based, and not just that, but when when our identity is now tied to that, right? Like like because we didn't win in this area, we are less of a man. Oh my gosh! Let me tell you, man. Once I came to the conclusion, and this has been even recently, right? Because there are degrees of this. You grow and you might understand like, yes, like my identity is not defined by what I do or how, how good it is that I do, but, but you may understand that, but then you can go deeper. And so recently I remember going deeper, like, no, 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 no. See, so many of us, we feel like if I do something great, that now I'm great. Like, I'm going to do great things, and that is going to make me great. Like, I'm going to go make a lot of money, and that's going to make me be a certain person. I'm going to go achieve this thing. I'm going to go get this car. I'm going to go do something really special or big. These All of these acts and these things that we feel like if we do will make us great. When we start to understand our true identity, okay, then what happens is, as a result of knowing our identity, we now express that and those things with which that we're trying to do just happen. What I mean by is this, once you start realizing you are great just because, once you start realizing you are great because God made you, once you realize that you are great because you are a child of God, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you are made in his image, and like Romans talks about, co-heir to Christ. Hold up, man. Like, let's just yeah. break this down for a minute. If you are co-heir to Christ, I'm going to say that again, co-heir, side by side, to yeah. Christ, how are you going to show up in the world? You're going to show up now to where those things that you were trying to do to be great, you already are great. So guess what great people do? They do great things. things. We, can't, we can't be sitting here thinking, I got to do these things in order to be. No, you already are, therefore you will do. So it's no different than our relationship with God, our relationship with Christ. Coming from a place of trying to earn his acceptance as to already being accepted and being able to live free. So this is the this is the deal. Once we as men and the ladies too can understand who we are and it's not based on performance, dude, life completely changes. Now some people might be like, some people may be thinking, well, man, what, what well, if I if I if I look at it that way, I may lose the hunger, right? I may lose the hunger to go. No, no, no. We were all built to pursue. But it's the difference between pursuing and having our priorities out of line or, uh, you know, now it defines you. That's so good. Imagine, My wife says that all the time, pursue, Brad. Well, That's imagine so being good. Able to pursue, yeah. Imagine being able to do these things knowing like, 
Look, whether the outcome happens or not doesn't change how great I am. 100%. 100%. My wife says that all No matter what happens, it doesn't mean that I'm less great. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Which, by the way, will allow us to get back up faster, which, by the way, will allow us to forgive ourselves faster when we come from that place. Right. So I just needed to touch on no, that. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because my wife says this all the time. She uses it in an aspect of how women want to be pursued. Right. Like, and, it, and it's a very similar thought process because, you know, um, I, I shared this with, uh, we watched a movie not too long ago about a former professional football player, Brad Banks. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but um, he, he was uh, falsely accused of, of, of yeah, rape, Southern right? California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he read the book as a man thinketh by James Allen, which I think is it's one of my top five books. I'm getting ready to reread it again. And, uh, and he says that he talks about, you know, you're already created for greatness. You're create. He, he kept saying, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be in here. You know, I'm not supposed to be in prison. I'm not supposed to be here. I did not do this instead of saying, you know, I'm just going to be in here the rest of my life or poor me or, you know, striving for, that identity in something that you're really not. And it's like my grandmother used to say, Brad, she used to say, you know, like people don't understand that when, cause she would always ask me questions, you know, like, what do you, what do you think about when you think about, you know, life and death being in your tongue, right? Like, do you speak life or do you speak death? Do you speak, do, do you, are you pushing forward and looking at the identity and who God has called you to be? Or are you looking at your past, past circumstances or what this person has said about you or how you handled this spot or, Hey, you were away from your wife for so long. So how can you tell me how to, you know, I, I can't allow myself to get back into that. So thank yes, yeah, Thank you for sharing that. That's a major confirmation of, of, of what I was thinking. So, Oh yeah. Big time, man. I mean, but, but to go back to what you were asking in terms of the, the things that, that I do to really try to help men, uh, you know, perform at a high level uh, in all areas of life. Uh, yeah, there's three things, man, to help them uh, prioritize their faith, really optimize their productivity and performance, and then uh, help them uh, clarify their purpose. And so to me, the ultimate end all be all is getting to a point to where we serve at the highest level that we possibly can. I'm gonna say that again, like to me, that is the pinnacle when we can find that the the service that we're supposed to be and that we've designed to serve some people may call it their you know your purpose your calling but when you can serve at the highest level possible literally serve people with your gifts talents and surrounding resources at a high level that is the goal is for 100%. that's that's the end for me of where I'm trying to get, where I'm looking to get men to where you have crystal clear clarity on what you were designed to be phenomenal at and serve people at such a high level that it brings them fulfillment. It brings you fulfillment. It, it, it moves the needle in the lives of other people. And obviously that's different for everybody, but you know, it's part of the, we all talk about the body of Christ, right? Uh, basically people figuring out what, what their part of the body is. That's, to me, that's living at the highest level. So my goal is to get men there. A lot of us, we, we, we don't have, our priorities are out of line. So in order to get to this place where you actually value wanting to go and serve as opposed to self-serving, well, then you can, we got to learn some things. Cause that, that was me, man. I mean, I look, 
the more life was about me, the more the the the, the Dr. Brad show was happening. <laughs> Look, man, it, <laughs> that was what life was about for me was the Dr. Brad show. It was the Brad show. Like, that's it. Whatever right. I can do to win, whatever you can, whatever I can do in terms of my relationship with you to help me win, good. And it wasn't until life became to where it was more defined by selflessness and service that life really started to become to be lived at a high level. But for a lot of us, because it is the me show, the me show so much, we're running into a lot of problems um, and we're not fulfilled. We're not congruent. So the first step to me is we got to get that. You got to start to prioritize our faith, man. And, and, you know, it's prioritizing the faith is getting the mindset right. A lot of it is understanding who we are, like exactly what I was just talking about. Because when you can fully understand who you are, what you were called and designed to be, your belief, your belief will change. Okay. Now, there's there's things that we got to do to prioritize our faith. I mean, priority means that you put certain things above others. So there's got to be a you know a practical form of this of being actually being able to to you know, read the Bible daily, to be able to pray daily. It's almost a, an aspect of spiritual discipline, right? I mean, in order for you to build a relationship with God, you're going to have to get on your knees, man, like every day. And I remember struggling with this, Mike. Like, I remember people would say, man, you got to do it every day. I'm like, I mean, I know you're saying every day, but you probably don't like mean every day because you probably mean like maybe most days or half days. But if you tell me every day, then you know, I'm probably going to at least get three days out of the week. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be, as John Maxwell said, I'm going to be the 80 percenter, right? I will get 80 yeah. percent of the work done. Right? But I know you're telling me I got to do this every day because you're accounting for the fact that I'm probably not going to do it. And I'll, I'll get it most days. No, what I'm telling you is you want to live life at a completely different level. That's every day. That's every day. That's building a relationship, a literal relationship with it's God. Intentional. That has to be yeah. done. That has to be intentional. Yeah. And it has to be time spent, not rushed time spent. That's how you build a relationship. Guess Amen. what? The other way to, to build a relationship is to learn about somebody. And so that's why we read the word. But in that, he's also teaching us about ourselves. So there's just some things that have to happen in order to prioritize our faith. In that, we also slow down. In that, we also start to get some clarity through this process. Next, a lot of us, even after we've prioritized our faith, we don't know the strategies of how, how do I get it all done, <laughs> right? I call it the seven pillars of peak performance, which is these are seven areas of life that we need to be paying attention to. We are not just responsible for working. That's, like, that's it. That's, that, that's it. That, that's not the case. We, we, we're responsible for our faith, our family, our health our wealth, our career, our calling, and then the seventh one I kind of throw in there, personal interests and hobbies. And you got to have a, you have to have a intentional plan for what each of these areas of your life looks like. You got to have a, I, you have to have a plan on how each of these areas of your life is going to look like. And then once you have a vision for what that looks like, you can kind of reverse engineer in terms of what that is. But the key to that is you got to know who you are so that you can have full integrity so that you're not one person in your faith and you're another person with your family. So that you're not one person in your career, but you're showing up different in your calling and your purpose. No, you got to be so solid and authentic that it, it is literally consistent throughout every that that the same person who sees you in your career sees you showing up in the same way with your kids. You know what I mean? And so, so once people can get to the idea where they get more done in less time, 
they can focus on less so they can actually get more done. That's that. That's this part I'm talking about right now, this pro- productivity and performance. Now we can start to clear space and we see the value in serving and getting clarity on what that is, that thing that we were designed to do. And here's the thing. Once you figure out why you were designed, like, like, what your purpose is, what you were designed to do in a phenomenal way in a major area, uh, in, a, in a major way, it will fuel you to want to go do it. And the things that you once thought were very important, all that matters now is that your purpose in life be fulfilled. But these other things kind of have to be taken care of before we can kind of get to there. Now, all men on our journey, we're somewhere you know, we're, we're somewhere toward the needing more of the priority of faith. So I'm a little closer to like, no, nah, man, like I'm really wanting to, 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 you know, I feel like there's something else out there for me in terms of my purpose. Um, either way, I think that's kind of the journey of, of, of what I, what, what I take men for, but knowing that the very end is clarity on your purpose and then creating a plan to be able to make it happen. I love it. I love it. And, it, and, and it's funny that you brought that up because, I was sharing with you, you know, from the fruit of, of a young man that led to Christ through the podcast and how he was ready, like he was hungry, like he wanted, he didn't just want to say a prayer and be saved. He actually wanted to dive in. He started leading his family to Christ. He started his mother and father's marriage was restored. And I mean, just all these things, right? Like he really wanted to dive in and, and get a hold. And I think that that you, you, what you talked about is is important for people to understand that to to understand that 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 you're you're great like you said earlier like we were created for greatness our plans and our purposes you know um, I, I and I love this too I wrote this down because this is something I just taught in one of my uh, I, my pastor asked me to teach my church we go to a church we got about it's got about eight hundred members so it's a fairly and and church term wise it's a fairly decent sized church. It's in a small term. And so he's like, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, about at least a hundred or 200 people will sign up for your class. Right. To, to, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I just know we like what we talked about before, right? Like the church is, you know, physically and, and, and financially hurt hurting. Right. Yeah. And uh, we had 17 people sign up. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the impact on those 17 people, because they, they I, by the end of the time we were done, they started believing in themselves, right? Yeah. They started believing that they were, they were crazy. I, I know that you wrote a book. So why don't you, you mind telling me a little bit about that? I don't, I'm, I wrote it on my list now to, 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 to ask you about it, but I want to, yeah. I'm a reader. So I read at least four or five books a month. So it'll be something that I will want to look forward to reading and getting to know you a little bit better through that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a pretty quick read, man. So you'd probably be able to, depend on how fast you read, uh, I'm sure you probably read faster than I do. I'm one of those slow readers, man. I I'm a slow reader. Back, I'm a slow back, reader. Keep yeah, going back. Hold on. What did that say? I'll get distracted by the time I get to the end of the sentence, not the page, the sentence. I'm like, okay, what did the first part say? But, um, but no, it's called Elite, uh, a modern success guide to purpose and peak performance. And again, those are my two things, man, is, is purpose and performing at a high level. And so uh, in that book, you know, we talk about things like, you know, how to set goals. We talk about a morning routine, which uh, I mean, you know, I, I wish I could convey to people just how significant and how much a morning routine has influenced me and, and not just any morning routine. Like that's the thing is like, you know, you might read things about, oh, um, you know, this morning routine helps. I, I think I think you need to have a morning routine for sure. 100%. But 
you and by the way, a morning routine. If I ask you what your morning routine, it shouldn't be like, well, I get up, I take a shower and I brush my teeth and get dressed. No, that's called like getting ready for the day. Like no, you do it, that. It's, you it's gotta do that. Like Cause that, yeah. you can't walk out, you know, out the house dirty with, you know, teeth that ain't brushed. I mean, you could in essence, but it's not gonna work out right. So that's just getting ready. I'm talking about a morning routine where you wake up at a specific time with enough time to to you know, allocate with unhurried time with God, showing gratitude. I mean, like just several things. Um, but we break that down in the book. Uh, we talk about the, uh, about resiliency and consistencies, just things that need to be done in order to be able to perform at a high level. We talk about the seven pillars of peak performance and how to be able to design the life that you want. And, you know, it's just this idea. And I was talking to this about uh, before we hopped on, I had a meeting with my social media lady and, and it was just this idea like you can design the life that you want. You know what I'm saying? Like you really can. But because we become conformed to the way the world thinks, because the world says like, oh, it's supposed to be this way or it's not supposed to be that way or these, uh, you know, the, these rules and, 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 and regulations about how life is typically supposed to be no man like uh you know life for everybody's not gonna look like you work for 40 years and retire on 40 percent of your income and do nothing like you know what i mean like that's not for everybody I mean, I, quite honestly if you ask me it shouldn't be for most people but the whole point i'm making is that life can be like you can design you know when you start asking questions like how can i how can i have both success and fulfillment how can i show up in a phenomenal way in all areas of life like how can i you start to find the answers it's kind of that old adage seek and you shall find once you start asking the right questions that's so true and it's funny you brought that up cuz um another divine appointment um i partnered um with a publicly traded company about 10, almost 10 years ago. And, and one of the guys spoke at, a, at an event that I went to is Alan Stein Jr. He, he, uh, um, he works with a lot of professional NBA players. He works, he's worked with Kobe. He worked with um, um, Kevin Durant and uh, Stephen Curry, a lot of those guys. He said that exact same thing. He said, you know, he, he said, even if you have a hard time with the morning routine, he said, start adding to it and then just go back and repeat the first, second and third thing and then add to it again. And so it's funny you say that because I learned this from a 15, uh, he was 15, 16 <coughs> at the time, Caleb Maddox, who. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and, and he's, he's, you know, I've, I've, I've known him for a while. I heard him speak at one of his dad's mastermind events. They invited me to come and <clears throat> it was down in St. Pete and he had the p tables were kind of shaped in a U table and Caleb was in the middle and he talked about that. He said, I have a morning routine. I have a money making routine. And then I have an evening routine. And he said, the morning routine is, is set in stone. And then he said the evening, the, the money making routine is he, he, I turn my phone off. I don't answer the phone. I strictly focus on what I'm supposed to contain. He said, then the, the evening routine is reevaluating everything that I did that day and then making sure that I don't make any mistakes the next day and learning and continuing to keep me, but keeping the morning routine the same. So I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that Dr. Bright, cause I'm a big morning person. I'm a get up at five 30, 
Um, I have a biohacking room up here. I have uh, uh, stuff that we do. I, I have a massage chair and a foot chair and I do every, I kind of have a routine that I do. I get in the word and I do worship. Um, you know, uh, I prepare my wife's food and my food for the day. Uh, you know, she doesn't like to cook. I, and I do. So, uh, I, I kind of have fun with that, you know, and, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an advanced teacher. I'm a Brendan Bouchard type of thinker. Like I teach, I teach food mapping. I teach how to rotate your food. I teach ri uh, richness and diversity in the gut. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a researcher of microbiome. Uh, I've got, I've got some really strong certifications in anti-aging and, and uh, preventative medicine like you too. You know, like I'm a very huge, you know, I've eliminated 95% of the medications for my family in the last five years. Nice. So, you know, I, I, I'm a big forward thinker. Now I can't teach everybody else to do that. Like I wish I could, oh, that's right. She's going to be listening. <laughs> she already I wish knows. I, yeah, I wish she I could already teach. knows. Yes, yeah, yeah, she already knows. I wish I could teach my wife kind of like that. So let, let's, and let's finish with this. I wanted to ask you because you mentioned it and I wrote, took some notes here. Talk a little bit about intentionality, because I think sometimes as we go through life, yeah. um, men think they're being intentional, but from what I, because we, we, it's funny, we talked about stalking each other before we came on yeah. here. We kind of wanted to, and I, I was looking up stuff on him, and he was looking up stuff on me, and, and like we said, you know, websites don't really tell us about the person, so you kind of go, and I looked at some of his posts on Facebook, and, you know, and a and, and, and couple YouTube videos, and just, you know, some things to, you know, while I'm eating lunch, and just kind of get to know him a little bit, but I, yeah. I wanted to, and the reason I'm going to ask you this question, I wrote this down, is because, because I, I see you as that intentional person, uh, that intentional person from some of the things you teach, and some of the things you say, and I think that we as men, and um, and obviously, since this, most of the pod people that listen to this podcast are men, we're going to actually do a, um, a couple's podcast, my wife and I coming up in, in 2021, which I'm excited about. But um, I think men think they're being intentional, but they really don't understand what intentionality is. They'll start off intentional, yeah. you know, like you said, but they won't really finish. So can you touch a little bit on that and maybe say from your perspective, what keeps you intentional? I know we taught, I told you I have an accountability partner. That's something that I do that keeps yeah. me super intentional. Tell me some things that you do. Cause I've seen fruit of your intentionality and just yeah. kind of what that means to you and what you think about it. No, man. Great question. So really it comes down to habits. So nothing changes if certain actions and behaviors don't change. Let's just, let's just put, let's just, let's just say that. <clears throat> because in order for something to change or to be maintained, there are certain actions and behaviors that are going to have to be associated with that in order for that outcome to happen or to stay that way. Okay. So if you think about actions and behaviors and, <clears throat> and making sure that they get done, in essence, we're talking about habits and every action or behavior is tied to a belief. Okay. So one of the things that I say over and over and over is that behavior is influenced by belief, period. And so oftentimes, say, for example, someone wants to lose weight. We're about to get into that 20, beginning of 2021 where, you know, well, I guess it's COVID right now, so I can't say the gyms are going to be packed, but people are going to be motivated, <laughs> you're right, yeah. because I don't know if the gyms are open in certain places. but They are here, which is good. Yeah, yeah, uh, here as well. But um, so, but there's going to be a lot of New Year's resolutions. And people wonder why by the end of January, 92% of people have fallen off the wagon, 92%. Yep. Yep. 
So um, the reason that is, is because people think just the behavior itself has to change. Like the behavior of going to the gym, the behavior of actually getting on the bike, the behavior of, you know, doing the class, but it will not sustain if you don't change the belief that's associated with that behavior. It just won't. So most people are trying to change superficially. It would be no, so let me put it this way. There has to be a change in belief in order for a change in a behavior to truly happen and to be and to sustain. You have to start to put the things in the mind that says, yes, I am the person who is actually 20 pounds less if you're trying to lose 20 pounds. If you're 200 pounds, you're trying to get to 180. You have to start doing things that are going to influence the belief that you are actually the the 180 pound person, not that you're trying to lose 20 pounds. And I know that's a subtle difference in terms of how I'm saying it, but it's massive. Okay. It's the difference between saying, well, uh, I'm trying to be a millionaire as opposed to say I'm already a millionaire. It's just a matter of time. Right. So like, and it's not, and here's the deal. It's not neglecting what's in front of you. I realize that you may not be a millionaire now, or that you may not have the 20 pounds. Now, all you're saying is listen, right now, I'm not. However, mentally I am. And therefore I'm setting the thermostat in order for things to be able to catch up. So when, whenever people just try and do the behaviors without changing the underlying beliefs, it would be no different than going out to an apple tree. And that apple tree is, uh, is kicking out apples, right? And therefore an apple seed was planted in order for apples to come out. So the seed of the apple seed is the belief, therefore it will kick out apples. But if you say, I want peaches, I want peaches now. As a matter of fact, I want this tree to give me peaches. And you try to take off an apple off of that apple tree and just tape a peach up there and think you got a peach tree. That's what, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to change superficially, man. Yep. When at the end of the day, when that peach falls out, guess what's going to happen? Another apple is going to grow. So the only way to get peaches is to plant a peach seed in order to get peaches. And so people got to change. Then the only way you change is by changing beliefs. And then once you change beliefs, the behaviors are inevitable. Um, so when it comes to intention, man, I think most, you know, part of what I'm talking about is a little bit of strategy. But before we even do that, people need to ask themselves what they want in that area of life. I, I don't think people sometimes will will be clear on what they want in that area, what they want in their health, what they want in their relationships. Because if you can truly define that, well, then we can create a plan to be able to get there. But if you don't know what it is, or if you're scared to set the goal of how you want that area to look because you're afraid of failing, for whatever reason, it just might be a reason why somebody doesn't have clarity. But man, you got to start asking yourself, like, how do I really want this area of my life to look? Not a compromised version, not a not, not a diluted version. Like, how do I want this area of my life to look? And you can develop a plan to be able to get there and to sustain it. But it's going to take a difference. It's going to take a new belief in order to get there, in order to have the behaviors that must happen to get there and sustain it. That's, that's so good because I, 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 I was thinking about a client of mine I formerly worked with a while back is, you know, um, as you get older, you kind of become set in your ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and, and I was, and, 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 you know, I'm a huge John Maxwell fan. I, he always, yeah. John, John told me one day and then, and then I was asking some questions in a private group, but I was with him on and, and, and I, he said, the only thing you want to focus on Mike is never 
never correct somebody without encouraging them. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can correct and then challenge, but always encourage them. And, and, you know, I, I encouraged this person and I corrected them on, on their intentions, but following through with your intentions is the biggest thing that we fail at. We, we have all the right mindset that, Oh, you know, um, I'm going to do this to fix my marriage. I'm going to start praying with my wife. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the gym every morning or whatever I'm going to do. And I usually have them write out a list, like, like write out a list, like, like this and put little circles on it. And when they accomplish it, they put an X in the circle box, right? And, and we write out 10 things and we come back and two of them have X's in them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what about the, you know, I say, good job on the two, but what happened with, <laughs> with the other eight? And it, and it's kind of what John says, you know, he says, you know, the, you know, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. 20% of those people are willing to do the work, put in the time and effort to change their habits, you know, to move forward. Like Caleb says, you know, um, he color coats his things that he does so that he knows how to go back and fix the things that he fails at. I mean, I've always said this, can I learn from a 17 year old? Yeah. To be honest with you, you can. If you're humble enough to know that there's areas in your life, like we were talking about before we got started, you know, praying and seeking God for wisdom, the, the Bible is very clear about that. It says, why do we lack wisdom? You know, it's like, it's like having a joint venture with a friend and, and, and wanting it so bad for them and you see them struggling, but you, you can't change that for them. You can, you can only be there and try to walk beside them. It's like, um, it's like I told you before when I was walking in spiritual warfare, when, when my uh, pastor friend said, you know, you're not lying to anybody. And I was like, no, I'm lying to everybody. He's like, no, you're believing the lies that the devil is telling you is the truth. And you're walking in those truths. So I think, you know, I, I obviously Brad, I had some habits I had to change. Yeah, for sure. And I had to be super intentional about those habits, you know, um, being transparent so yeah no 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 no. i mean and so like the thing i'm like one of the examples because like like i mentioned man i was far away from god at one point making horrible decisions in every aspect of life but and this is just what what this with this is with just about any area of life but i'm gonna just talk about my faith that this is it serves true the sooner i got to a point that i saw myself as a man of god the more consistent me getting on my knees and praying every day and being in the word happen. Amen. See what I'm saying? Like, yes, at first you might be feeling like you just going through the motions. Like, man, I just, I, I need to sit down and pray. But see, the more you see yourself, the more you believe to that you are actually the man of God. Even if you just made a horrible decision, even if you just did something horrible, the sooner you can believe that you actually are that person, well, then guess what a man of God does? A man of God prays daily. A man of God serves, right? So like, here's what I'm going to tell you. You get results sooner, the sooner that you can believe that you are that person. Amen. Goes now, back to what you said people, earlier. Lot, yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about the forgiveness too, you know, so. Yes, yes. But, you know, people are like, well, I'm trying to be a millionaire. I'm doing all the right stuff to be on there. But there's a difference between saying, okay, well, yes, I, I am a millionaire. It just doesn't show up externally because if you are a millionaire, you'll do what a millionaire does. Millionaire happens. You'll make the calls. You'll set up the appointments. You'll do this, that, and the other, right? So sometimes you just may be on the path 
like the results are on the are on the path and you just need to keep doing it but if you aren't doing the things to fuel the belief the behaviors that need to happen in order to bring about that certain result won't won't happen the other thing i'll say is this because you mentioned something earlier man i'm so much more impressed with consistency than i am speed dude i'm so like if somebody loses 100 pounds in three months, that means nothing to me. Because my question is, how sustainable is it? How many people have we seen? Look, I'm going to ask you guys. And look, I'm going to raise my hand because it's me. How many people have ever lost weight? Uh, yeah, lost weight, gained it all back here. How many people have said, I vowed not to do that thing anymore, and you did it again here, right? Like, how many times have you just reneged on the things that you're supposed to do or hit a goal and then you fail backwards, right? So speed means nothing to me. Sustainability over time is everything. everything. That means you've changed. That means you have literally changed. But it's going to require so a plan. And, and most times that plan for most people, they will get all the strategies. They will get all the methods in place with no mindset. Methods awesome. with no mindset is just what most people do out there to get temporary results if they do it all. So if you want to, you need to add both M's, the, the methods and the mindset to it. Most people will neglect the mindset because they're like, man, that stuff don't work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I challenge you, look at the people who are having the results that they want. And I can guarantee you, they will see themselves as a certain person. And here's the, here's the crazy part about it. Once you see yourself as that certain person and you're actually doing those things, you will fight to stay consistent with who you believe yourself to be. So if you believe yourself as a man of God and you are like doing the things every day that happen, guess what? If you miss a day or two, you're going to feel off because you're going to fight for who it is that you believe to be. 100%. Right. 100%. So, yeah. And, and I, and I, and I think, you know, I learned that the first time I read as a man thinketh when, when I realized that, you know, as I think, therefore I am right. Yes. Like if I see myself as this guy that, you know, and, and I, I was, I was, um, I was talking with a guy that had been struggling with certain things like overeating pornography. It was like a, it was like a list of things. Right. Yeah. And he didn't see those things as healed. So, so my wife had a prophetic word for him and she said, tell him this and uh, told him to write all these things down and go outside and light the, light the, light the piece of paper on fire. And I said, I want you to envision those weaknesses in your life burning away. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, literally burn and my wife spoke the, the prophecy in the church and then i just took it and i like gave it to my friend i was like here's a prophecy my wife spoke the other day it relates to your situation i want you to go and just write these things down and go and burn and i said i want you to take the steps and the habits and the mindset that and the methods that you've learned now and go and take them and never return back to that. It's like my grandma said, it's like the dog that returns to its own vomit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you return back. But when he burnt that, he, and he, and he said to me, he said, Mike, I never went back to those things. I literally saw those things burning. I did. I, I, I turned away from it, not looking back, right? Mm -hmm. Pressing forward. Right. He said, I just, I just walked in who I was, who I, I wasn't walking in who I was. I was walking in, my past 
and who I, what I felt was comfortable. I was unable to forgive myself. I was unable to let those things go because that was where my identity was. And so, no, Brad, thank you. Thank you for, th- thank you for sharing that. That's, that's, that's awesome. So why don't you do this? Why don't you tell the people kind of like how they can connect with you more and how they can get to know a little bit more about you, uh, you know, platforms and stuff that they can get to know you. Cause one of the things I really like to do about this is um, I'm a connector. Yeah. Okay? Um, I, I want to connect to people. Sure. It's a gifting. It's a talent. It's, it's stuff that I want to do. And, and I, and, and I'll be honest with you. I'll say this publicly all the time. If um, there, there's people that are in our life for a reason, for a season and for a lifetime. And uh, I'm excited to get to know you better. I'm excited to, to, to see how, um, you know, I can learn from you. Um, and, and, and like you said, you know, we're, we're, we're both, I think we're both servants and we, we want to serve people to the ability and finish the race strong. So why don't you tell people how they can connect with you and, and get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, no, man, be more than happy to. So uh, you can go to my website, which is drbradmd.com. Um, and uh, that's a good way to connect with me. Um, obviously on social media, everything on social media is drbradmd um, or at drbradmd. The only thing is Instagram is at drbradmd, but it's at dr underscore bradmd. But if, I think even if you type in drbradmd, I'll, I'll pop up. Um, so yeah, man, listen, shoot me a, shoot me a message. I love people. Uh, I got a passion for be able to help men, but I will say this. If, if you are not where you want to be as a man and look, if you got it all figured out, man, perfect. That's I'm, I'm probably not the guy for you. We'd love to be a friend of yours because if you got it figured out, I probably need to be talking to you, but <laughs> if you got it all figured out and you ain't got <laughs> me too. Wrong, and you ain't Tell got me how wrong. that works. However, I will say this, man, if you, if you feel like, yeah, man, there's areas of my life where I can, I think I need to make some things happen. I challenge you, man. Take a look at the content, uh, reach out to me. We can always just sit down, have a chat, see if there's something I can do to help you. But I would, I would dare you to find somebody else who cares more about you and your results than I do. So, um, yeah, man, uh, happy to help you ladies get your fellas up on this, uh, on this call right now, because we're trying to change some lives and we That's will. That's it question is, and and, and I'll leave you with this, man. You know, we talked about this before. I talked about greatness. I fully believe, look, if God made us all, you know, in his image and, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made and co-heirs, and that means we all have this intrinsic greatness, right? And I feel like, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, if that's the case, why don't people do the behaviors and actions that would show the greatness that they have. And the difference between us all is not that we don't have greatness because we all have it. That's what we said. That's how God made us. Are you going to have the courage to believe what he actually says about you? So good. If you have the courage to actually believe what he says, those words to the degree that you believe is the degree that you'll have results. Sometimes we need people to be able to remind us of that and hold us accountable to that, to be able to actually uh, express to the world that greatness and to be able to have other people's life change and have impact on the world, man. So anything awesome. I can do to help those folks who are listening, man. And Mike, listen, I just appreciate you walking in your purpose, man doing this, uh, having me on. I'm grateful to, to be on. I'm, I've already learned a ton from you. And uh, same way, man, if there's anything I can do to help your mission, brother, man, sign me up. Awesome. Guys, if you're listening today, the only way that uh, people get to hear this is that if you invite people to share it and download it and listen, it will go 
live next week. Um, and, and I'm just going to say this with, with, as we speak, if you know, I hope that you, I'm going to say happy Thanksgiving now, if you, which you'll hear this next week after Thanksgiving is over. But I think that we, every day it should be Thanksgiving. I think that we should be grateful and thankful for the things. I'm super thankful. I'm even thankful that I've got to know uh, uh, Dr. Brad. I believe he's part of an answer to prayer. Uh, of God bringing the right people in our life. And I hope that you'll listen to this and you'll connect with him because I believe that we want to build a community. Um, as we build the kingdom, we build communities. We build com communities of like-minded people uh, that attract people that need to know Jesus the way, the way we do and need to be able to understand that there's a difference between religion and having a relationship with God, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not much of a, a, a read things, but I, I, I was looking at Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and it really, it discouraged me because of how much respect people have for true men of God, like, like really have, you know, um, John Hagee, and you know, saying, you know, hey, we want to, you know, not getting into politics, but just, hey, we need to really just accept whoever God says the new president's going to be, right? Yep. And, and, and then there was just all these hate. And I was like, the guy didn't even say anything, right? Like he just, he just said, Hey, I trust what the word of God says. Whoever's been there is in there, whether I agree with it or not. And then it was just hate after hate after hate. And we, and so, um, I want to thank you that, that, that you were here and that you, you brought some, you brought the light, you, your, the, your light shines among men, which is what our, our calling should be. And so, like I said, guys, uh, thanks for listening to another session of the heat fluence podcast. Uh, Guys, go love God, find a passion for God, find a passion for people, and live out your purpose, lift out your calling. The Bible, the Bible tells us that, um, that we perish for a lack of knowledge and wisdom, right? And how do we lack wisdom? It's because we don't ask for it. So go find and, and search out to how to have a personal relationship with God and then walk in it. And so thanks for listening to another session of the Heat Blue Podcast. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.